Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. amazing when we're talking about, we're talking about this month, the cross, the power of the cross leading up to Easter. And it's amazing how when you come into this place of prolonged fasting and prayer that we're doing at the moment, I think we're like 26 days into 40 days of juice and water right now. And you, you, you tend to get to a place, see fasting isn't too you know, make God move. Fasting is to get stuff, to get stuff out of the, to get you out of the way, actually. <laughs> it's a death. Fasting is a death and resurrection. And, you know, I, I've been seeking God about this fast, saying, God, what, what, what do you have for us? What, why did you call us to this fast? Why, why 40 days? It's quite extreme. And and the Lord's been really working deeply, deeply in my heart. And, and you know what the, the, the most, that he, the, the biggest thing He's been working on is my love. Because it just wasn't enough. And, and I, I've been crying in the presence of God and I've been at His feet. And Jesus, teach me how to love like you love, like my love. The love that I have, even the love that I've learned from you, even though I've tried to be like you, I've tried to love people like you love people, but I just cannot do that. We fall short, we fall so very short of Him and who He is and who He was when He walked the earth. But if we can get into a place like this where He goes deeply into our hearts and we say, God, teach me, teach me, teach me what it is. And I've been thinking about the cross and I've been thinking the entirety of the message of the cross. And you know, oftentimes in church life and in our personal life, we really only focus on one part of the cross. But I want to tell you tonight that there are two beams on the cross of Jesus Christ. There is the horizontal beam, which I would say represents our needs and our wants, the horizontal beams are like our arms that reach out. God, bless me, bless me, bless me, God. Meet my needs, God. It's like our arms in worship, bless me, God. But much of our Christian life is only focused on that horizontal beam of the cross. It's all about me. It's all about what I need, what I can get. I've heard people that leave churches because God didn't answer my prayer. As if God is about you and your prayer anyway. Well, we have to realise that there are two beams on the cross. There is a horizontal beam, which represents us and our needs. And there's a vertical beam. And the vertical beam of the cross is the cross that goes from heaven to earth. It's the place where when you stand on the earth in the very presence of God and you come before the face of God, 
You come before Christ, not because you need, you want, your prayer list, you know, all the things about you. You come before Him just because of who He is. Because the top of the cross reaches into heaven where He lives. Like we sang tonight, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord. I bow before you. All glory and honour and praise be given unto you. Majesty. You are the King. You are Emmanuel. You are Lord. I come before you because I love you and I want to give you everything that I have. I want to give you all the love that you deserve. I want to give you everything. That is the vertical of the cross. We must not forget that the cross has two beams. And I think this, I think if we get the vertical right, I believe the horizontal just falls into place. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord your God and He will give you the desires of your heart. If we get this part right, this part works. But not only if we get this part right, if we get this part right, where He is high and lifted up, seated at the right hand of the Father, if we worship Him where He is, for who He is, if we do that, then what happens? The place where we stand on earth is affected because it's the place where heaven and earth meet. Let's look at this Scripture. Here it says here. In Genesis 28, 12, you probably know this Scripture well. And here we have Jacob. And he's gone into a dream. And it says, He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God uh, ascending and descending on it. He saw, he saw a stairway that reached from the earth into heaven. And not only did it reach from the earth into heaven, but it reached from heaven into earth. Because there were angels ascending, descending, ascending, descending. There's another translation said that says that they went that there are angels ascending and descending, but another translation said, messengers of God. Messengers of God ascending and descending. So when we bring it forward to the New Testament and we see this scripture in the New Testament. Let me show you this. Let me read you the rest of that scripture first. And it said, in Genesis 28, 16 to 7, it said, When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware. You know, you can come into church. You can even be in the worship. You can even put worship music on in your car. And the Lord can be in that place and you are not aware because you're so focused on this beam and not focused on that beam. Amen. And it says, He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. You and I have an ability in New Testament terms to stand on the earth 
at the foot of the cross, extend our worship up into heaven as messengers of God to go up and come down and go up and hear God and come down, go up and come down. Hallelujah. And everywhere we go, everywhere we place our feet would be the house of God. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. How many times have you actually been in that place and then you, and then you walk and you meet someone? I know Pastor Phil does it every day, every day of his life. He'll just talk to someone. A few weeks ago, we were just putting groceries through at a shopping centre. I won't tell you which one it is at a supermarket. And there's this guy, he's just putting the stuff through and putting the stuff through. And, and then Phil starts saying, you know, what, what do you do with your life? He said, I just work here. And then I started to prophesy. I said, yeah, but you're an entrepreneur. You have skills. You have skills to actually make money and create business ideas. Why are you working in here? Why don't you extend yourself? And then Pastor Phil starts speaking to his life. You need to go to uni. Mate, you need to do something with your life. You're a somebody. You've got something on your life. And this kid, you know, you could just see no one had ever spoken to him stuff like that. How many times around Phil's life do people turn around to him and say, you know what, no one's ever told me that. No one's ever said that to me. No one's ever recognised that in me. It's because Pastor Phil lives with his feet at the foot of the cross. He lives with his head at the top of the cross. And when his arms are outreached, they aren't outreached for himself, but they're outreached for a lost and a dying world that he might embrace them. Because it's a different heart. When your head's up there with Christ, when your feet are at the foot of the cross, you forget about yourself because I am, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ. It's Christ who lives inside of me. It's Christ who's interceding inside of me. It's no longer I who lives. My needs, my wants, they, they just, you know, there's an old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glorious face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Man, I tell you, it is so true. It is so true. And you know what happens? Stuff comes anyway. Dreams are fulfilled anyway. Provision comes anyway. Even little things, even little things that you don't even ask God about because you think they're too insignificant. God gives them to you. Because why? Because seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord your God and He will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Now we, we come forward into New Testament. You say, well, Pastor Julie, this is Old Testament. You're talking about Jacob having a dream and the angels of God ascending and descending from heaven. You know, how does that relate to us in New Testament time? Let's have a look at John 1, 51. And this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus just prophesied over Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is amazed because Jesus has taken this man out of obscurity, prophesied into his life, told him what he's going to do with his life. And Nathaniel is just amazed and he's just awestruck. And Jesus says this to him. You really think that you're amazed by that? He said, wait till I show you this. 
You, do you think that you're amazed by the, the, the small things that God has done in your life so far, the, the ways that He's met your humanity so far? If you think that is amazing, wait till He shows you this. If you can get into this position, wait till He shows you this, He said to Nathaniel. And He added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open. And the angels of God are sending and descending on the Son of Man. You will see heaven opening. And the messengers of God, the messengers of God are sending and descending upon the Son of Man. When we stand at the foot of the cross, when we stand looking into the face of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the mighty God, the Son of God, when we stand and we look in His face, I want to tell you this, change happens. Change happens. And when we look at His face, suddenly we become the messengers of God who come into His presence not because we want something, not because we need something, just because He deserves all the glory and the praise and the honour that is due to His name. And when we come in that position, He will end up speaking into our lives, empowering us that we would be the messengers that ascend into His presence and descend to the earth, bringing good gifts to men, bringing something in our arms, not being empty-handed, not having our arms, the the cross beam, the, the horizontal beam of the cross filled up with me, me, me and my needs, but having the horizontal beam of the cross filled up with their needs. Because when we're in this position, Our arms reach out to embrace a hurting and a dying world as we have a revelation of Christ and all that He is and all that He stands for. Amen. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Pastor Phil used this this morning. Such an incredible scripture. I love this. And it says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And we, with unveiled faces, with unveiled faces, we come before Him with unveiled faces. We don't need a veil over our faces anymore. We have nothing to hide from Him. His eyes see it all. His eyes see everything. And when we come before Him with unveiled faces, look directly into the eyes of the One who loved us so much that He gave His only life for us. The Scriptures say we are transformed into His image. From glory to glory, with ever-increasing glory. We become like Him. We become like Him. Pastor Phil said this morning, you become like that which you worship. 
what you behold, you will become like. If you behold Christ, you will become like Christ. Instead of treating Him like a Santa Claus with your list of needs and wants, but standing before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who has paid the price, the one who gave up his very life, was tortured, beaten, slain for you, hung on a cross to die, who gave up everything for you. I tell you, when you get in the presence of God, when you get in the presence of Jesus in this position, in this vertical position, there'll be two things that are revealed to you above all else. Number one will be the humility of Christ. If you can honestly come before Him with an unveiled face and you look into the eyes of the one who when we did Bible college, theologians and Bible college, when we did Christology, they called it kenosis, which actually means Christ who emptied Himself and humbled Himself, humbled Himself became a servant to all. Even though he had equality with God, even though he had equality with God, he chose to humble himself, to empty himself, to kenosis, and to show us the humility, the humility When we look into the eyes of humility, we cannot stand in our sin anymore. We cannot stand in our pride anymore. We are broken beyond measure. When we look into the one who became human for us, who understands our humanity, when we look into his eyes, we bow our knees before him. We humble ourselves before him. We say, Lord, let me be like you. Teach me your humility. Teach me your humbleness. Teach me to lay down my life. Teach me to bow before you. Teach me to serve like you served, even unto death. Whatever it costs me, whatever the price, let me be like you, Jesus. And the second thing that you will discover when you come face to face with this Jesus is that you will have a revelation of a love that will blow your mind. If you think that you understand His love yet, shake yourself, awaken yourself and go on an adventure again to find the very presence of the one who doesn't just love, but He is love. He is the perfection of love. Oh Lord, I want to be like you. Do you do you want to be like him? Do you want to do you want the fullness of the whole cross? Do you want that in your life? Or do you want to just remain in immaturity with only obtaining to one part of the cross that says me, 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 me. You know, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and you will get this and that and that and that and He'll do this and He'll pay your bills and He'll do that and He'll do that and He'll do that. And we have this mentality in the Western church 
that Jesus is like a Santa Claus and we come and we, we even give our hearts to Him on conditions, with conditional love. I will love you, Jesus. I will serve you if you do this for me. And if you don't, then I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. I might even backslide and go back to the world. But should we be preaching a message like that or should we be preaching a message like this? Repent, therefore, lay down your sin. Bow before the Christ. Bow before the majesty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the mighty God. If you could just see who He is, you would never come before Him in your cocky state and say, I will love you if, because His love, when we look into His eyes, when we we come to that place of being vertical with Him, we discover there is an unconditional love that has no conditions on it whatsoever. I love you, He says, because I love you. And if we can love Him like that, if we could become like Him and love Him like that, I love you, Jesus, because you're Jesus, for goodness sake. Because you're amazingly, beautifully, wonderfully, you're the perfection. You are, you are the Christ. You are my Saviour. You are, you are everything to me. You're my life. You're my life force. You're the breath that I breathe. You, you are the air in my lungs. You are everything to me. I love you. I love you. I love We can love Him like that unconditionally without coming and saying, I will love you if you answer all this. I will love you if I can bring my list to you. I will love you, you know, Condition and condition. If you find me a husband, if you get me this, if you do condition, condition, we lay conditions on an unconditional love. Imagine if we could just get the revelation of the humility of Christ and the love of Christ. And then as we behold him, the scriptures clearly say. We become like Him. We become like Him as we behold Him. I want to tell you something today. You're not going to become like Him if you pray more, if you read your Bible more, if you do more disciplines. That's all good for you. That's good for personal discipline and we need to do those things. But to become like Christ, to become like Him, we have to look into the face We have to behold Him. We have to spend time looking into the the character that is within this man, that is within this Christ, within this Jesus. And we have to say, as I behold you, I'm going to become like you. Make me like you, Jesus. Make me like you. Make me like you. Give me this love that loves unconditionally. Give me this love. Teach me, Lord. Give me this humility that that I will never stand before you with straight legs, that my that my knees would be bowed before you, that that I would weep in your presence if ever I thought that I was anything more special than you. And I think then if we got that, Let this be our goal, this Easter church. The simplicity and yet the perplexity of the cross. 
He did all the perplexing stuff. He did all the complicated stuff so that it would be simple for us. All we have to do is believe and come to that place, stand in His presence. Amen. Amen. It says here in, um, I think it's Hebrews. I didn't write it down, but I think it's Hebrews 3 and 13. 4.13. It says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. Wow. And when I look at that, it says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before Him, before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. If everything's before his eyes anyway, then it's time for us to remove the veil. Do you know the veil when Moses was was up Mount Sinai worshipping God in the very presence of God in the Old Testament when he came down from being in the presence of God, the glory of the Lord was so strong on his face that the people actually asked him to wear a veil. Because they said, we can't stand to look at your face. We just can't stand to look at your face. But the Scriptures tell us, in 2 Corinthians that I just read, we with unveiled faces. See, we, we don't have to wear a veil. We don't have to be afraid of the glory of God, the presence of God. We with unveiled faces, nothing to hide nothing to hide. He sees it all. Anyway, we unveil our faces. No matter what we've been, what we've done, come to Him to the foot of the cross. Lay down your sin. Ask forgiveness of your sin. You know, get pieces of paper if you have to. Write them out and nail them to the cross. And let Him take it all. Let Him take everything. Forgive yourself. Come into His presence with an unveiled face. And let's do the vertical. And then all these things will be added unto us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.